This is a podcast from Rep Sounds, the new platform from Dundee Rep and Scottish Dance Theatre. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Rep Sounds, our podcast series from Dundee Rep and Scottish Dance Theatre. My name is Joan Clevier and I'm the Artistic Director of Scottish Dance Theatre and I have the honour to welcome choreographer Rosemary Lee. Hello, Rosemary. Hello, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be talking to you and thank you for making time in between rehearsals because you have a very busy diary these days. I do. <laughs> um, you are working with the company but with other dancers as well. Uh, on Threaded Fine, mm-hmm. a performance that we're going to talk about today, as well as your work. And um, yeah, so today we're, we're talking in between rehearsals. You've been working with the Scottish Dance Theatre dancers this yeah. morning. And then this afternoon, you're working with other dancers from different ages. Yes, Perth and, and a college in Dundee, a 14-year-old and an 18-year-old. And um, so you're going tomorrow to Finhorn. So lots of people involved mm-hmm. uh, of different ages, coming from different places in Scotland. Yes. What's going on? <laughs> uh, uh, what, what is, can you tell us why um, all of this rehearsal process and maybe that's going to lead us to talk about what is Threaded Fine? Sure, sure. So I'm splitting my time each week between here with you and uh, up at Dance North, uh, which is based in Fintorn, and the 24 dancers you speak about range in age from 9 to 70 plus, and it seems like they're coming from Edinburgh, Dundee, Perth, Glasgow, uh, the Highlands, the Lowlands, the Borders, um, all across Scotland, I mean more or less, uh, which is a great honour for me, I feel very humbled by how far people are travelling. Um, and threaded fine, it's kind of like I'm sending a kind of threads out across Scotland and drawing them all into the centre of the circle that, that threaded fine takes place in. So threaded fine is, is an, a five hour durational work and I'm teaching the same solo to every one of those 24 dancers from the nine year old to the 70 plus year old. So all of them learn the same score with the same song. Um, but each of them has their own individual approach to that. So the audience, hopefully, if they stayed five hours, mm-hmm. would not only see the span of a lifetime um, from child to senior, um, but also see 24 very individual expressive takes on the same school. So, and it's, it takes place in a five metre circle, Um, In Findhorn, it's in a kind of dancing green in the bowl of a kind of circle of gorse just Mm. on the edge of the dunes in the eco-village. And here in Dundee, it's beside the iconic bandstand, which is also circular and about the same size, looking over the Tay River with the city behind us. So very, very different sites, um, uh, but with the same cast in each venue. I hope I've explained that because it is very complex. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing and I've had the chance to see some of the rehearsals here in Dundee uh, at Magdalen Green and there's something really um, almost epic about the, the scale of the work, even if I haven't seen all 24 dancers um, in one, in one uh, go yet, but there's something really... Um, somehow connected and connecting to to the landscape and to the elements and uh, if I'm right this mm. this uh, creation threaded fine comes from a 
from a work called Circadian. Yeah. It's another sort of version of the mm -hmm. same work. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there's something almost thematically quite connected to the elements, mm. to the landscape, is definitely, that right? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, this is the, we worked out, I've taught this solo to at least 74 people now. Wow. So I'm sort of thinking, can I get it to 100? Yes! <laughs> but, um, so, yes, the, the theme of the first piece, Circadian, was exactly that, the rhythms of, uh, the, rhythms of um, the seasons, the tides, mm. the moon, the solar system, the kind of cyclical uh, rhythms of life, if you like, with that, that sounds a bit trite, but it kind of is true, yeah. uh, that we are all shaped by and determined by, and that we can't avoid, even with as much willpower as we like, but... So even though we're shaped by these cycles in our lives, we're also so unique within that. So I'm, I was looking at kind of what connects us constantly through our lives in every moment, really. The, what connects us, the air that we breathe, that we're all breathing, that we're all sharing with all the other non-human living things on Earth. Um, and then also what makes us unique. So... It is epic in that sense, but it hopefully it's also very intimate. Yes, yes, absolutely. So is. I think my aim in making work outdoors and, well, in any of my works, I think I'm really interested in can I make something epic in scale or in length or in size, um, but also still be really poignant and have that tenderness of, intimate tenderness, tenderness if you like, so that the audience can really connect with that person in that moment as they dance as well as seeing the sort of bigger picture of how they fit in well, to life, if that I've, makes sense. I've heard you say in, uh, in one of the rehearsals when you were talking, but it came back to mind, uh, you were talking about when we're breathing in and we're breathing air, mm. we're somehow breathing in the sky. Yes. Um, yes. And so that sort of really, yeah, close connection between the body and, and a very personal, intimate experience like breathing and... Yeah, the sky. The, the that... immensity, yeah. I'm, what I'm saying to the dancers is the breathing space of immensity. And um, there's another quote that I'm going to forget, beautiful, I think probably Japanese, talking about how as the air comes into your lungs, it, it, you're getting a taste of the planets, you're getting a taste mm. of the solar system. But equally, as Rilke would say, as you breathe out, the universe is getting a taste of you. Oh, so I, I love that. that. I love that too. <laughs> And, and um, so you're revisiting the work mm. and I suppose I'm curious about, you know, why? Like, yeah. and, and, uh, and what's maybe particular uh, about these two sites that you're working in, yeah. in Scotland, Finhorn and Dundee? So why I think, sorry, I didn't really say what Circadian was. So, so the, the beginnings of this piece were, was uh, on the beach in lowest off the most easterly point of the British Isles. Um, at, on the summer solstice so the theme mm. of this family free festival on this beach in a town that is I would say is dealing with lots of issues of uh, unemployment and a little bit forgotten I love the town by the way but mm. it, um, so they're bringing culture it's a beautiful festival and it's going to happen but it was the it's going to happen annually now but it was the first um, and they wanted me as a that's where I come from so they wanted me as a Lowestoftian to uh, make, a, make a work for this and I thought okay I have to embrace this 24 hour festival what could I do I thought I'll do something small I'll do one solo on the hour every hour and I'll start with a nine year old and I'll end with a 
70 plus. So on the hour every hour through the night, the solo happened with a gap in between. And then I got the sense that, oh, this is a concept that I can't sell any, I, that I can't really place that anywhere else, 24 hours, it's difficult to place yeah. that. But there's something here that I want to revisit. And I, I love the ritual of it. I love the intimacy of it. So what about if I made it durational and could I put them back to back like a relay? Could an audience deal with that much repetition, that mm. much cyclical repetition? And I tried that out in, <clears throat> in Malta and realized that actually you can. And the more you watch, the more you see the kind of nuance and detail of each person because you start to learn it. So you're sort of starting to anticipate the music. So you become a dancer in the way uh, as you watch. So I, I, that really fascinated me. So I learned from watching the audience and how their body started to kind of move with it. And um, I just felt I really want to share this with more people and more places. And the other thing I think about coming to Scotland and with these two sites, um, what I noticed when I did it in East Anglia and my desire in making that work was to not only uh, reference these cycles but to also celebrate in the centre of this circle the potential and, and extraordinary um, preciousness of a, of a dancing being mm -hmm. and how the dance world, you know, what the dance world offers to a region, what we do in our lives, in our careers. And so in East Anglia, it's, it's a bit like um, being in Scotland, it's pretty rural. So drawing teachers, students, elders, mm. professional dancers, drawing the, each one into the centre of the circle to celebrate not only the 14-year-old boy who's, who's doing dance in his spare time, but also the teacher that's constantly giving to the community, to celebrate all those areas of the dance world. And it felt to me that I wanted to do that because I think it's, you know, it's often un, un, undervalued. And in Scotland, I know it's a big, expansive area and the dotted about are these extraordinary dance artists. And so I thought, could I bring it to Scotland and do the same thing here in, in Dance North? And then they invited you to take part. And I thought, wow, let's do it in two places with the same cast. So, yes, I hope that's explained well. Why? Why somehow? Yeah. To kind of really, yeah, really place it there to be seen, like a bit of a jewel. This is what a dancing body looks like close up, and this is how they dance their hearts out for you. It's been so amazing to see exactly that. How you've mm. managed to uh, bring together um, representatives of the dance community in Scotland mm. that we. Um, we know each other and we admire our work and, and support each other. And sometimes, you know, we, we get, there, there are rare opportunities to come together and collaborate, yes. but, but you've sort of expanded that um, into a real collaboration. And that, that feels really precious for me about this mm. uh, work, I suppose, as an artistic director of Scottish Dance Theatre, because it brings us often, brings, it gives us the opportunity to, to have that closer yeah. Yeah. collaboration. And, and we can often sometimes cross paths, but not necessarily yes. collaborate yes. with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And also that sort of difference of how people are viewed in different contexts uh -huh. and actually making that circle a, a, a circle of equality. You know, so there's, you know, one person isn't better than another, they're just different. And, and so that everybody is valued in exactly the same way. And that's what a, solo, a repeating solo can do 
in a way, because a lot of my work is big ensemble work where people do kind of meld into an ensemble, but where I'm trying to um, show the individuality within the ensemble. But every so often I'll feel like, no, I need to just focus on one person now and I'll go back to the solo. So I either go from 100 <laughs> to one. I rarely make a piece for four. I can't wow. do that. <laughs> um, tell us about the, the sort of the range of... Um... I suppose ages that we see in in, in the piece. Mm. Um, what do you when when you went through the selection yeah. process? Um, we had a lot of interest yeah, from beautiful people. Came people to, yeah. from yeah, and and you you were really keen not to um, frame it as an audition. Mm -hmm. uh, it it was a it was a workshop. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was a really I thought a really generous way of. Um, of running a process where yes you are you are making uh, a selection you yeah. have to end up choosing s someone but mm. what what are you um drawn to um when you're uh yeah yes. think thinking about selecting dancers <laughs> the or bit, in other words <laughs> Get me sorry to ask this no. question <laughs> no just so people know it is the hardest bit because oh. you know i just loved everybody that came and there's no question and i do remember all of them um so that to me that where where the piece starts is in those workshops and they're all part of it. I'm sure that they may not feel that, but you know, I don't forget them. I love teaching the workshops and sharing it with them. But what I guess I'm looking for is there's a lot of things I've got to sort of think about. So I'm mm. trying to get a range of um, qualities so that it, I don't get everybody moving in a very similar way. Yeah. I've got to I've got to balance the ages and go up in steps. If I can, I'm trying hard to balance the genders. I can't mm. always manage that, but trying to... Um, uh, I, and also, I need to find people who are going to be comfortable enough to be in that centre of that circle because it, it is pretty scary. I don't want yeah. to say that too loud. <laughs> but it, it's, it takes courage. So yeah. it sort of will, will... And I don't want to expose anybody in yeah. the wrong way. I want to be able to bring their potential out. So it's looking for someone that I think can cope with that amount of challenge and that I will be able to support. Um, and that somebody that I can see that is living the movement. So all of the, the whole of the dance is um, imagery. I suppose, well, there are, set, there are set gestures, but there's nothing counted or you don't learn a sort of series of steps. You learn yeah. gestures, but each section is kind of uh, based on imagery, I would say. And, um, and musicality as well. And mm -hmm. so it's looking for people that are, are seem to be uh, enlivened by the imagery, as if it speaks to them. If I can see it speaking to them, changing and transforming their dancing, then I know that they're going to be able to live in it. Because it needs that sort of living quality rather than a display. It's more like living the dance. I, I was in the studio the other day um, watching you work with, with the dancers and... Um, I think that, that one of the things that really s strikes me is how you're really leading, you are leaving the dance yourself, like how you lead the room mm. by dancing, demonstrating, uh, moving. And, and so there's, there's, it's so exciting to see you, to, to see you move. And uh, um, yeah, I, I wonder how do you feel you've had an extensive career? You are, 
if I'm allowed to say, yeah, in your 60s? 63. Yes. 63? I think I'm 63. I'm in 1959, <laughs> so I'm to be late. <laughs> how, how is it for you to, um, to be a, a, a dancer, a choreographer, uh, working in her, in your 60s? Because mm. um, there is, I, I suppose, in, in society... Yeah. Uh, we we tend to see you know people people getting to their qu quietly disappearing or something <laughs> like that becoming some sort of like invisible yes presence uh, but to be a, a a living and working artist um, yeah presenting mm. th putting things out there in the world I think it's extraordinary and and yeah something that I'd, I'd love to see more and and seeing you moving the studio wow that was really. Oh, that's uh, really in, interesting. In, I inspiring. Feel, I don't feel that. That's really interesting. Thank you. That's helped me see what I might be doing because I, I don't feel as if I'm managing the demonstrations as I get more ropey in my Oh, body. yes. So, <laughs> so thank you. Um, yeah, I do need to kind of live the quality of it in order to suggest some quality but not do too much because they've got to find their own way. So it's sort of this balance of kind of... Um, uh, showing how the dance lives within my body but allowing them to find their own way with that so, it, so they mm. don't feel they've got to be me in some yeah. way um, and that's a very interesting point you bring up about uh, age and also I would say being a woman in yeah. their 60s as well um, yeah I do feel I do I do I do it does feel harder actually if I'm honest it feels harder um, not just because it's physically and mentally a little bit harder as you get older. Yeah. I can feel that I haven't quite got the sort of uh, capacity to do all the admin in the evening. So it's like, no, I cannot think about the schedule and I can't tomorrow morning either. Whereas I would have been doing the schedule at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just shuts off now. So that's definitely something to do with age. Um, but in terms of kind of the scene and older, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's complex. But... Um, I guess through my career, I've always tried to not go the mainstream way. So I've tried, you know, when I was a young maker, I was working outdoors and I was working with, you know, so-called community on the edge of community and professional and that wasn't cool and, you know, I wouldn't get any reviewers because I, you know, and I was trying to put children on stages at, in the place, you know, that hadn't been done before. So, and, and seniors on the same, in the same dance. So, and that was back in the 80s. So I was always trying to sort of outwit the mm -hmm. mainstream a bit to fight, to forge a path that sustained me as an artist, but also I felt was meaningful to my audience, to the audiences. I don't know my audience, I don't have an audience, but to, to wider audiences and, to, and also trying to s slide away from getting caught into a pattern or a mould of... You know, in those days, it was a, a touring rep company with the same four dancers, and I love what you're doing, the way you're like expanding and reshaping how a company like uh, SDT is. And uh, but in when in the eighties, for me, that was it was sort of that all 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 very independent and kind of un, I don't know the just trying to trying to forge my path. I, um, which I think I've managed to do, but it is it is it has been a challenge, let's put it that mm. way. It's always been a bit of a challenge, but I'm not saying I haven't been supportive, because I have. Um, yeah, I've tried to slip away from being um, boxed in, but now I probably am boxed into being the woman that does those big things outdoors. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, 
the solo. <laughs> I like to keep people guessing. Who knows what's next? I don't know. Brilliant. I was going to ask, like, do you do you also create for stages? Do you still have that desire? I think I do now. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, you know, I'm not, I've just made a piece in a dark room with just one dancer and wow. the camera. So I'm kind of curious now. Do I want to? box myself back into the black box i don't know we'll see i don't know but yes i am drawn back to the magic of the stage and in a way the circle it's actually ruben said it the 14 year old said it's alchemic or he said it's it's like alchemy he was what he said of dancing in the circle and i was like wow thank you because that it feels the stage to me feels alchemic you know from the moment when there's no audience and you're there on this empty stage i love that taste of like the magic's coming, it's going to happen. And that circle feels like it's a kind of metaphor for that transformation, but it's outdoors in daylight. So it's like, let's bring some of that theatre out there and defy the daylit ordinariness of every day and put it in there and see how it exists. So I love that. I'm so excited that um, here in Dundee, um, the performance is just going to happen in Magdalene Green. And obviously we're going to tell lots of people and, and make... Uh, you know, shout about it so that people come and see it. But inevitably, mm. we'll also have people just passing, by, passing so. by and bumping into so. it. Yeah, even for a moment, even if they just see it for a moment, you know, you never know what seed is planted or yes. how their day is changed, just a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and somehow that sight is never the same, ever the same for, for no. them because no. it has, it yes. holds that yeah, special, special, extraordinary thing. I I wanted to come back a little bit to the um, to to your interest in in you know working outdoors and and also when when after we've been having conversations and and during the workshops I've just been sort of uh, in awe of your of your knowledge of uh, plants and trees and animals and um, of nature and and I, I was just curious where where does that come from like is that. <laughs> Something. I'm the one in my family that's not seen as that, so I, oh, I'm feeling like I've got a little bad. Take the credit. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> my sisters are both brilliant bird watchers and, and plant lovers. Um, so I grew up in, in Lowestoft on the East Coast and three generations of my family, including the one that comes from Dundee, are, were fisheries scientists and oceanographers. So there is always the, they were natural scientists really and my father was a geographer. So there was this sense of both land and geology. I remember him sort of telling me rocks as we might travel up to Lancashire. That's all I ever went from East Anglia to Lancashire. <laughs> but I loved that change on that diagonal drive um, of plants and, and um, coal and the different colours of stone. I remember that very vividly. And I think growing up in a landscape that is tidal, so you've got the marshland, the salt marshes, and then the arable fields and the sea constantly eating away or giving land back. This constant shift, this sort of flux of life. I think growing up seeing change like that makes you much more aware of the elements. It's sort of because like nothing is permanent. And dance has the same feeling that some, yes. everything is in flux, you know, life and death, it's, you know, it's all there in our lives. And... Uh, I have a feeling that growing up on those that tide or those estuaries um, helps me feel that. But no, I'm very interested in nature and I like gardening. I'm not brilliant at it, but I love, I love plants. And as I work outdoors, the more I do that, the more I feel I have a responsibility 
in some way to address um, the big issue of our time in climate change. And I can't make issue-based work, but um, maybe 10, 12 years ago, I was so sort of like, what can I do? How? And then I thought, well, maybe what the work can do is it can draw attention through the way I make it for the audience to their surroundings. So um, particularly in Square Dances, say in 2011, trying to bring Londoners, uh, bring them to a standstill, even for a couple of moments to watch the dance. If their heart rate lowers, if they feel their feet on the ground, if they look up because the up, up dancers are looking up and they see the trees, they see it in a different way. And I think that really does happen, um, judging by what people say. So I think that's also something of what I'm trying to do, perhaps slightly less in the solo, although having said that today, I was very aware of the sky and the water watching them dance and the earth holding them. So yes, yeah, that elemental connection that I think if we can make us feel ourselves as creatures codependent on this earth with other living things, we're going to care a bit better about it. So that's the only way I can do it. <laughs> wow, thank you. Thank you for doing it and for <laughs> explaining it so um, so beautifully. Um, you've mentioned London in, mm. in, in there. Uh, you are based in London. Yeah. You've lived there for a long time. A long time, time yeah. Uh, yeah, at least 30 years longer probably. And, and so I, I was thinking you must have seen the, the dance scene, the performing arts mm. scene change and evolve and, um, and, and grow through, go through ups and downs. And, and I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm thinking that the, the current context is, mm. is very challenging. Mm. Um, mm. You know, we've been reading uh really uh, sort of yes difficult difficult almost unbelievable yeah. headlines um uh, recently questions around the continuity of arts council england mm-hmm. um uh performing arts departments in universities being under threat yeah. uh so i suppose there's always been this uh I, I imagine it's never been easy and i suppose there's mm-hmm. scarcity in the arts is not news but it does feel like uh we're we're sort of crossing thresholds or or mm. uh, and and that feels uh, obviously very yeah extremely extremely worrying so i suppose um without getting too down about it what's my question maybe my question is um yeah from from your 30 years of, of experience living in in, in the scene in, in london how do you see this moment? Does it? Mm. Uh, yeah, I am really worried actually. I mean, mm. I will try not to bring it too far <laughs> down, but I do think it's alarming, and I think that's what you mean. Really, it's really alarming, and I think we need to be alarmed, yeah. um, especially after COVID. It's sort of, you know, it was so clear how important the arts were for people in COVID, and the and the crossover of well-being and healing with it. I mean, there's no question that the arts make life better there's Mm. no question you know i mean goodness me it's so obvious and yet now everything seems to be completely under threat um you know unfortunately we have had a conservative government in for a long time now and this always happens under conservative governments and let's be realistic about that because it happened with thatcher as well and as in the arts community we you know it's very very worrying and we have got to fight and 
I do have to keep going and making this kind of work as we all do because we know how valuable it is. So, uh, but yeah, I don't think I've, it feels a little bit more worrying than any other time, although I'm sure it could be my age as well that <laughs> feels more worrying. Maybe when you're younger, you kind of feel it slightly less because um, I'm sure we must have been worried under in, in other times in my career, the 80s particularly. But um, oh, what can I say? Um, we uh, Yes, what can I say? Possibly, I would say, that there are many ways to divide and rule, and some of that is very subtle, and sometimes we don't realise that we're contributing to divide and rule within our mm. own sector, within dance, and within wider arts. And that is, that is uh, grist for the, their mill, for, for a conservative outlook. And... We, um, sorry to be party political, but I, I, mean, I may as well just be honest in a podcast. But um, I think what's really important is that we come together, even with our differences, even with our differences of beliefs or, or genres, or we really need to make a concerted effort now and stay powerful in that rather than try and be tribal and fight fight and we've got to keep coming together and something like Friendly Fine is sort of doing that in the, in its own little way. Um, yeah, because we all know how, how vital it is, uh, especially at the moment when we have so many challenges to face in our lives, the arts are vital in making sense of those challenges. Yeah, it feels a really uh, both crucial but very vulnerable yeah. vulnerable moment. Yes, and, yes. Um, yeah, and I think also... I, I should probably add that uh, um, yeah, the project in a way is a beautiful example of that sort of coming together. Uh, the work has been commissioned by Dance North oh, Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's supported, supported by, by Scottish Dance Theatre yeah. and then supported by Creative Scotland yeah. Yeah. and produced by Arts Admin based yeah. in London. And, yes. and that feels such a yeah. great yeah. Uh, practical example and uh, uh, yes. of, of that yes. coming together and yeah. collaboration. Mm. Um, you were talking about the um, sort of, I suppose, well-being um, at this moment with COVID, uh, that, that sort of value of of the arts. Um, is there maybe anything else you want to say around the the value of 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 the arts? And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's more of a personal question for you. Or what does what do the arts uh, give you or have given you in, in your life, mm. as well as you know, I'm sure a lot of physical uh, well-being and pleasure, but um, yeah. yeah, it's more actually that's it's more than that. Yeah, no, that would be the least in a mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. I think it's it is a sort of mental, emotional kind of purpose in life, in a sense. I mean, I often say it gives me my sanity because I, you know, some of the rest of the world sort of to me feels so insane that um, somehow dancing and being in the performing arts and the wider arts, because it's not just dance, the wider artistic field of, um, uh, and the arts and humanities, actually, I would say, mm. uh, give, me, give me meaning, give me a sense of uh, my connection to others and to the world. Um, and, um, yeah, they really feed me. I mean, I feel really enriched by it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really concerned that when life becomes unpoetic in some way, yeah. you know? So it's like I need to put the poetry back into people's lives, which is why I went outside in a way, because 
a lot of people won't come to the theatre and they wouldn't, it wouldn't dawn on them. But if I can place it even in there every day, even for a moment, I feel like I'm somehow just opening, you know, pricking a little bubble or opening up the potential to have wider horizons about what living is and what being human is. And, um, you know, I don't like, yeah, I want to expand people's feeling of being alive. And that's what the arts do for me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rosemary. Um, we are going to be on the 11th of June mm -hmm. in Finhorn as part of uh, the Rice Festival with Threaded yeah. Fine. And then uh, here in Dundee on the 18th at Magdalen Green. Um, same performance, uh, all 24 yes. dancers, uh, the whole five hours um, yeah. in both places. Come and go as you please. And yeah. Come back at the end, because all the dancers come back at the end. Ah, so that's the insider tip. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Rosemary. It's, uh, um, you've been so generous, and um, it's uh, so inspiring to hear you talk. And uh, thank you to our listeners uh, for tuning in. Uh, please stay connected with Rep Studios, uh, our podcast series from Dandy Rep and Scottish Dance Theatre. Until the next episode, thank you very much, and goodbye.